This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Joining us now is the Executive Vice President and General Manager of the Baltimore Orioles, Mike Elias. And Mike, good afternoon. Thank you, as always, for joining us. So I'll start with the draft. The good news is you can have whoever you want. You have the first pick. But it's not a slam dunk. So as we're 17 days out, how stressful is this for you guys as you make this decision? Well, I think it's uh, more excitement than stress. Mm. Um, I mean, it, it is something that, that – uh, keeps you up at night. Uh, I've been through a lot of these. Uh, you don't have a crystal ball. Um, you are kind of beholden to fate and luck and health, but if you have a good scouting and evaluative process, if you've got the right information, you, know, you tend to do pretty well. And I feel very uh, pleased about the group of players that we have to choose from this year. It's not always the case. Sometimes it's kind of a weak crop and you got to feel like you reach down and come up with somebody in the top five picks. Uh, but this year, I think it's a really strong group. It's a bunch of hitters, um, and but there's some really good college bats. There's some really good high school players, and I think we're going to do pretty well, but we're just going to have to decide which way we want to go. Well, you, you've been pretty clear that there's about five kids under consideration, and as we get closer, I guess, can you take us into the process? Are there certain people in the organization who maybe as you have organizational meetings, like you charge this group with making the best case for Tamar Johnson or this this group with making the best case you know, possible for, for Jones, and you guys just sort of hash it out? Or how, how is that sort of consensus built? Well, very often you have pockets of the organization that want to go in different directions. And a lot of times it's, you know, based on the geography of the scout and the, the you know, the guy in Georgia has been right. falling in love with a certain kid all year. And then the guy in California feels a different way. Um, sometimes that doesn't happen. Sometimes there's a split amongst the scouting department and more of the front office analytics department. Sometimes it just all lines up. And even when it all lines up, sometimes you look back and you didn't pick the right guy. So it's a very luck-driven process, um, which is why we have developed the kind of the best method scientifically that we can to approaching the draft and incorporating scouting sentiment and incorporating college statistics and whatever demographic information there is about the high school kids or their height, their birthdays. There's all kinds of stuff that we have in our draft inputs. It's something that We've been tailoring going back to the St. Louis days and uh, kind of a lot of know-how in that area. And I, I think it's it's worked very, very well. And uh, I'm just looking forward to getting in the room and kind of locking the door and seeing what all comes our way in terms of information. And, and Mike, the other part of this that makes baseball's draft a different animal than the other 
professional sports drafts is the slotting aspect of it. And you know, when you draft Adley, you took him, I think he was slightly under what the slot was supposed to be, but still basically a full price. But then uh, Heston Kerstad, and by the way, it's great to see him playing baseball oh, again. Yeah. Uh, but you, you go under there, but that allows you to go get Carter Baumler and Kobe Mayo later. And these guys look like, uh, at least early on, real players. Yeah, the way that the system has been since the 2012 draft when they put in that CBA is there's a lot of premium on every dollar that you spend in the draft because your ability to spend in the draft is constrained. You know, prior to this system, there was a few years where the Boston Red Sox in particular, before the constraints were there, were just running around handing million-dollar, $2 million bonuses in the sixth, seventh, eighth round. Uh, the league stepped in and kind of contained the system, and it, it created a, a scenario where if you pick a guy, wherever you pick him in the draft, if you pick him and you're able to sign him significantly lower than the slot because he thinks he's going much further down, it's sort of like trading picks in the NFL draft. It's mm-hmm. not as precise as that because the players have to fall to your later picks where you have the savings accrued, and oftentimes they don't, but it's advantageous to have a big war chest as you go along in the draft and usually there's some really talented high school kids uh laying around late and you're one of the few teams that can afford to sign them away from their college commitment so it is something that you look at ultimately we want to come away with like the strongest draft possible for us um i think i haven't really looked but i think this is probably the biggest one in orioles history uh with the 18 19 million dollar um, budget mm-hmm. that we have for the draft with the number one pick. We've got like five picks in the top 105 or something like that. Um, so this is enormous, and this is going to be feeding what's already the top farm system in the game. Um, so I think it's going to be a huge shot in the arm. And as these kids in our farm system are starting to graduate, it's going to be great having this um, big influx on on the front end here with this draft. Well, it all started with Adley Rutschman. And how cool is it for you to see him, the, the, how quickly he met. Not, not that this necessarily surprises anybody, but to see him make his debut and then start making adjustments, and then now he's driving the ball, all, you know, all over the place. And he goes out to Seattle and he plays in front of his grandfather for the first time in the major leagues and hits a home run. Like from from where you sit, how how like I guess what's this experience like for you? Well, like you said, Jason, I mean, I think the surprise level with how kind of well he's adjusted to the major leagues already, it's it's about as low as it can get. I mean, he's just had everything going for him since we took him. He's got a real clean swing and an excellent batting eye from both sides. So just wasn't a guy you were really worried about this not really working at the major league level. I mean, obviously, we got a ways to go. The opponents are going to find some holes in him. You know, we'll go through that whole process as a rookie uh, adjusts to the major leagues. But um, I just think, you know, it's it's fun. Uh, he's been this concept for the last couple of years right. in the minor league. And now to kind of see it out there for real and helping this team improve before our eyes, that's definitely gratifying and certainly, you know, entertaining and exciting for our fans. And um, it, it's it's been a fun uh, stretch of baseball. 
We're talking to Mike Elias. It's Inside Access. Jason Lockett for Ken Wyman. And Mike, I said when I brought you on, first winning month since August of 2017. Obviously, we talk all the time on the show. The hardest part of a rebuild is living through it. Uh, how do you feel to get that winning month to see some of the guys that we're no longer looking at some guys that we call quote unquote placeholders. These are guys that look like are going to be part of the future and they're helping play winning baseball. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a, it's been a fun month. I mean, it's a bit of a, I guess, backhanded compliment when you're celebrating your first winning month, yeah. <laughs> 2017, but you know, it just, it, it states where we started from and what we've had to put together. Um, and I, I think uh, winning month or not a winning month, it's definitely been, uh, like you said, a, a very encouraging style of play and caliber of play and individual players that are showing up and cementing themselves um, and what we're seeing. And then also paired with what's going on in the minor leagues. And we've got the top four hitters in Norfolk who are uh, huge prospects raking right now. We've got um, Col- uh, Colton Kowser and, and Kobe Mayo and, and Connor Norby and these guys arriving in, in Bowie. Kerstad's back on the field. So it's just been a real positive uh, stretch of play up and down the organization. And I, I am extremely excited about the rest of this year, even more so about next year and even more so about the next five years. And it's, it's gratifying for us just because of how, how much work we've, we've put in um, both this group and um, the one before us, and you see some of the, the Dan Duquette draft picks out there with, um, you know, Cedric Mullins and Austin Hayes, and I could go on um, really blossoming into the stars. And so this is a, a multi-year effort. We've got a huge way to go. It's a mighty division, and those teams are as every bit as talented and more talented up and down their organizations. They've got other advantages. They've had head starts on us and some – key areas and they're all so well run um so i just look at it as we're trying to get back in the fight with those guys and i think we're very close to doing so well you, you just kind of took us through a tour of birdland there and and i'm going to be at uh, harbor park tomorrow night with my with my kids and d.l hall will be on the mound and i know the last couple times out for him um haven't been what he would want or hasn't gone as some of his previous ones have the the K rate down, the walk rate up. I saw a headline. I've not had a chance to read the whole article in the, in a Virginia paper down there where they're saying he was tipping pitches and that had something to do with it. And, and maybe that's, you know, been corrected. Um, could you enlighten us? I guess on any of that, because those last two stat lines are not really what we're accustomed to seeing from a healthy DL hall. Yeah, I, 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 it's certainly a possibility. I'm not, um, you know, certain that's accounting for all of the, his troubles the last two mm-hmm. starts, but it's only two starts. Um, I, I think this is all what we expected from his experience in AAA. I feel like he's compressing a lot of minor league experience right now that he missed out on either through injury or pandemic into this sudden AAA uh, trial. You know, he barely pitched a double A um, coming off of injury. Um, his A ball was um, you know cut short with injury in 2019. I, I I might say he's never pitched in high A. I might be wrong about that, but he just hasn't pitched very much in the minor leagues. Um, and so that makes me feel like this was all kind of baked into the cake that this guy's going to have some up and downs. He's been a uh, rather kind of boom or bust sort of talent um, his whole life, and he's very close to putting it together. I mean his his stuff is incredible. I think that. 
Um, you know, the, the performance overall in AAA has been solid, even though the last two starts have been a little bit off track. And I, uh, I bet she gives you a good one tomorrow night. I hope so. All right, Mike, I want to ask you about two guys that are at Norfolk now, and that we basically have attached them since they came in, and that's Gunnar Henderson and Jordan Westberg. Uh, I, I, Matt Blood refers to them as big brother, little brother. And, and these guys, Gunnar, what he's doing at his age, and, and he just he just won't stop. And Jordan, who went through a rough st- stretch at Bowie, but once he's gotten to Norfolk, has been on fire. Just These two guys, it's, it's like, I, I know you probably want to be deliberate with some of these guys, but... If they don't stop, <laughs> how do you keep them down? Well, it's great to see, and and uh, you know we're excited by how fast they seem to be moving. Um, it's a it's a cool pairing. They're both very big, athletic guys, but they're both able to play shortstop. One's left-handed, one's right-handed. Um, you know, Gunner can play third if he's not at short. Jordan can kind of play all three, um, you know, second, short, and third. And uh, I see these guys uh, kind of sticking together here for hopefully, you know, the next decade with us. Um, and, it, it, you know, they're, they're, they're tooled up guys. They can run. You see the power. Westbrook's got, I think, 15 homers yep. now. And um, Henderson's probably the uh, best 21-year-old hitter left in the minor leagues maybe at this point in time um, with what he's doing. So, um, obviously, they've got uh, development left in them. You know, we, you can't react to – kind of uh, one t- couple weeks through the league at AAA. We want uh, opponents to adjust to them. We want to see some, um, um, you know, m- more plate appearances and, and, and see what happens. But um, obviously this is about as encouraging a start as you could have possibly imagined when we promoted them out of Bowie uh, just a few weeks ago. For them to just go into AAA and just start tearing off like this has been I think unbelievably a great development for our organization, especially, you know, with so much of our talent at the major league level right now being either a catcher in the outfield. Yeah. Um, to have these guys doing this is is cool. Mike, no one ever has a crystal ball about the trade deadline, and there's obviously variables out of your control. But as we get closer to it, this one feels different, at least to Kenny and I, for a multitude of of sort of on a multitude of levels. One. We just talked about a winning month. I'm not allowing myself to look at certain parts of the standings yet, but I I know they're there, and I'm aware of the record, and it's a lot different than it's been this time of year and years past. And you also, and I'm knocking a lot of wood here, are very healthy, and you have a lot of dudes doing things that the market is certainly recognizing and contending teams are interested in. I'm saying all that to just get to this. Could you go about this deadline any differently than the past, A, in part because of, of that record, and B, because you guys have been up front about maybe the payroll expanding next year, and rather than get a guy at the winter meetings or sign a guy, is it possible that you get someone now who's controllable for two or three years, like maybe a pitcher, who who could help you right now and for years to come, and, and you sort of something you were going to do tomorrow, you do today? Yeah, I think all uh, really good points. Um, you know, we've got about a month to go till the trade deadline. I think that um, if we uh, rattle off a lot of wins um, sometime in that time, um, you know, our record and the wild card spots, obviously that'd be something that you're looking at this year. Um, but you look at some of the, the odds uh, out there, the different sites, fan graphs, what have you, to track this stuff. You look at the strength of schedule that we mm-hmm. play. Yeah, you know, 
it, it's probably our playoff odds this year are probably not going to be such sure. that we're not at least looking to sell this trade deadline. I think we all know that, um, and so we're preparing for those possibilities. But I think what's a lot different this year is most of the players that we have available um, are going to be uh, part of this team next year, possibly. And so 2023 is looking a lot more relevant for us. And it makes it hard to make a decision to move a guy that might be providing us a boost in, in 2023. But obviously, you know, we're, we've got to work the market, see what's out there. I think anytime that uh, people are asking about your relief pitchers, um, you look at it. Sure. Uh, it just doesn't, just doesn't mean we're going to move anybody. And, and yeah, I think that we'll, um, especially in the uh, controllable uh, length pitcher, starting pitcher market, if there are some teams out there, uh, flipping those guys this year, and they've got um, you know two and a half years of control or something like that. Um, I think absolutely we'll be looking for that because we're going to be pulling in uh, more starting pitching in the next couple of years. If this um, is a kind of opportunistic time to buy, um, I think we'll look to do it. Uh, on one hand, you know we may not be the high bidder just because sure. if we're not if we're not leveraged for the 2022 playoffs, it's probably hard to uh, beat somebody that's either trying to get into or knows they're getting into the postseason this year. But on the other hand, we got a very deep farm system and a lot of players in the minor leagues that are performing well too. So possibly, you know, we're able to be the high bidder on these guys just, just for those reasons. So yeah, I, I, I think we're going to be looking at it from all angles. It's going to be a very complicated trade deadline for us because of all those factors and also the fact that they've got it what, 11 days after the draft. Now. Right. It's, right. It's, it's going to be hectic. So um, it'll be a busy month. It, it, it's a very busy month in the warehouse right now for us already. Orioles Executive Vice President and General Manager Michael Elias. Mike, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Continued success. And uh, we'll, be, we'll be paying attention uh, in about 17 days. Thanks, Ken. Thanks, bud. Thanks, Michael Elias. Uh, well, we're, very yes, interesting. Yes. And we're, we're going to. Some meat on that bone. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.